Blog Talk Radio. Mr. Talk. 
Okay, so those are all the ways you can participate. And as I mentioned before, I do want to hear what you have to say because this is interesting. We're going to have us some fun here on this Christmas Eve. This wonderful, wonderful day for a lot of people, you know. <laughs> so with that being said, it's that time, y'all, so we can go ahead and get, uh, get started here. It's time for the song of the day. And the song of the day is an old classic, you know. Y'all know me. I pick music just about the way I'm feeling. And uh, I said, well, it is Christmas Eve, and why not do a Christmas song, right? So what was the best song? You didn't want it too slow, but you didn't want it too fast either. So I chose the old classic, old Donnie Hathaway, this Christmas. Everybody loves this song. This song has been remade 800,000 times. So I just thought we'd just bring Donnie on and let him sing it the way most of us remember, okay? So without further ado, here's Mr. Donnie Hathaway and this Christmas. See y'all in about 3.45. Enjoy.
right, y'all. That was your song of the day. This Christmas by Donnie Hathaway. <laughs> Old classic. It always sounds good. All right. <laughs> I don't know what's really going on here. Sometimes the computer does what it wants to, man. That's crazy. But anyway, welcome back to the show. This is Let's Talk on Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host, Mr. Talk in the house, and we have a great show planned for you. We have no choice but to talk about the government shutdown because that's what's going on. But there's so much things going going on going on uh, within the government shutdown that uh yeah we 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 gonna talk about this today. So you know uh, you know twenty there are twenty government shutdowns in U.S. history since '76. Wow. Okay, but you know we gonna get back to that in a minute. Thank you, sister. All right, so anyway, here we go. So um, let me tell you what we got, how you can be a part of the show. Uh, no, you know what? I just did that. So you know what we're going to do now? It's time for the Black History Moment because y'all, y'all have to forgive me. I'm a little out of whack because uh, my co-host ain't here today. So usually I, I, I have a, a, a routine I do, but she's not here today, so I got to handle it myself. And sometimes I just fly off. <laughs> Why do I do that? Because I can. But anyway, anyway, so it's about that time here for that last moment. We got a good one for you today, baby. Yes, we do. Now, if any of you been listening to your show any length of time, y'all know me. I'm a bowler. I love bowl. That's what I do. Um, so I decided to see can we find somebody in the bowling realm to talk about today, and I did, Mr. Don Scott was one of the men who broke the color bar- barrier in professional bowling. Ain't that something? Um, uh, he was one of bowling's first pioneer African-American pros. He's a native of Cleveland. He learned his bowling as a teenage pin boy in Akron. Now, if no one knows what a pin boy is. That's when, you know, the, the things you throw the ball at, the white things down there, they are called pins. Well, back in the day, what happened is they had people back there to reset the pins because, you know, they didn't have all the fancy stuff they have today. So people had to go back there and actually reset them by hand. So that's how it worked, how he got interested in it. Um, he began making a name for himself in local leagues and money matches during the 1950s. He also won a number of tournaments sponsored by the National Bowling Association, which was a black-oriented group uh, that was created during uh, the segregated days. All right? However, when the PBA was launched, Scott was one of the first blacks to join. His proudest moment on tour came in 1961. Yeah. You know, he bowled in a tournament um, in front of his home crowd. Yeah. You know, he topped the qualifying field of 192 entries, and he finished ninth in the tournament. Now, being a tournament bowler myself, I can tell you, that's outstanding. That, that really is. I don't care what year it is. That's outstanding. Um, in the 1960s, with this tournament of sexes and outgoing personality, Scott was a natural choice to spread the gospel of bowling. AMF signed him to his advisory staff to roll exhibitions and conduct clinics. And the Cleveland-based Carlin Brewery hired him for similar work. In other words, this man was so good, they used they sent him around and there's an exhibition where he go in bold and show people how to do certain shots. It's really interesting here. And AMF at the time, and still is, one of the main uh, sponsors of bowling tournaments and bowling equipment. 
a lot of times you go in the bowling um, bowling alley, you see AMF on, on some of the equipment back there. So this was a major accomplishment for this guy. In 1964, Scott became the first African-American to appear on the championship bowling TV show. Now, that was in 1964. And even today, it's hard to get on them shows because you have to go through so many rounds of bowling before you make the actual television show. You know, you have to go through so many elimination rounds. And in 1964, I'm sure there was a lot of other stuff going on, but y'all know what I'm talking about. And um, so he made it, which was good. The series was at its peak of its popularity and carried at least, at least as much prestige as still the new PBA tour. You know, um, this is good right here. He bowled against uh, two future Hall of Famers, George Howard and Carmen Salvino. He beat Howard and lost to Salvino. All right, his his 1,216 six-game total put him in the middle of the show's 24-man standing. Now, I know to, to some of y'all that's just foreign language. In other words, through six games, he knocked down 1,216 pins. Okay, if you divide that by six, what you get is 202.666. So he actually finished the tournament with a 203 average. Outstanding back then. Today, it's okay for league bowling, but for tournament bowling, you know, that's, uh, you may get into pins. Okay, anyway, though he belonged to the PBA for nearly 20 years, Scott never bowled a full tour schedule. Okay, he had a bowling center and other businesses to run in Cleveland. He didn't have much free time. <laughs> uh, besides, the competition was getting tougher. He said, when I first went out there, if you carried a 203 or 204 average like I did, you cashed. In other words, you made money during the tournament. You know, then he said, then it started to go up to 205, 206, 211, 212, just to make money. And I was still about the same with me. He just maintained his 203 average, basically. But instead of cashing now, I was on page eight of the standing. Um, Scott recalls very little racism during his PBA PBA, um, days. No, he said basically the other bowlers were nice to him, uh, supportive, what have you. However, Scott remembers one episode with a chuckle. He was sitting at the lunch counter of a tournament venue in Miami, and the waitress repeatedly ignored him. Scott happened to mention it to Bill Allen, one of the tour's leading stars and a native southerner. Allen got really excited, Scott says. He told me, you don't have to put up with this. We're going to tell Eddie, Elias. We don't have to stay here. I finally had to tell him, but Bill, it was a black waitress. <laughs> oh. And there's something. Scott eventually moved on from bowling and other ventures. For more than 30 years, he operated what became the country's largest black-owned nightclub. In 2000, Don Scott received the Congressional Black Caucus's Unsung Hero Award to honor his bowling achievements. He still lives in Cleveland and plans to get copies of his old championship bowling matches so my, his grandkids uh, can show them off to their friends. So, <laughs> so without that, that was a black history moment. Yeah. All right. Isn't that something? You know, sometimes we just we forget about little things like that, and it's good to bring them up. That's some good stuff, especially if you're a bowler like I am. That's interesting because these are this is one person you never hear anything about. And uh, good to know, good to know. All right, so that was that. And hope you learned something. 
<laughs> Hope you learned something. All right, so with all that out of the way, it's time to get over to get on. And today, the topic of uh, the title of the day show is I'm the Greatest. And, of course, I'm the greatest. Most of you hear that and they think Muhammad Ali. Well, today I'm talking about Donald Trump because everything he does is the greatest, is the best, most outstanding, and, and so forth and so on. Every descriptive large word you can think of he tries to use, and he uses it quite often and repeatedly or repetitively. <laughs> Y'all know I'm not about the big words. That's that's P. You know, I, I look. He used them was a whole lot. All right. So anyway, so that's where the title came from. I'm the greatest. And we talking government shutdown today. We starting off talking about government shutdown. There are other things we may get to, but we are gonna talk about that first. But before I go any further and run my mouth anymore, there's a clip I need to y'all need you to play. I need to play. Um, just to set this whole thing up, and it's uh, Mick Mulvaney. He was on one of the Sunday shows, all right? And um, there was a conversation that was had, and really need you to, to listen to it. He's the acting White House chief of staff, of course, because we know he everybody else don't basically quit. Um, and he's trying to explain the government shutdown. And we got – I, I want to play that first because everything else is a little – um, interview he had. So, without further ado, uh, here's Mick Mulvaney on the government shutdown on his interview on Fox News. Joining me Sunday. now, White House Budget Director and the President's incoming Chief of Staff, Mick Mulvaney. Mick, welcome back to Fox News Sunday. Chris, good morning and Merry Christmas. Thank you. Same to you. What What is the latest on talks to end the shutdown and with Congress now out at least until December 27th. How long is this going to go on? Um, this is what Washington looks like. I saw the intro and said it was chaos in Washington. This is what Washington looks like when you have a president who refuses to sort of go along to get along. You're seeing a fight over border security, just like we had a fight over taxes, a fight over deregulation, a fight over trade, a fight over Syria. We'll talk about that in a little bit. So this is what it looks like. Uh, I met yesterday with um, the vice president and uh, Mr. Schumer. We met throughout the day, as your story indicated there, with some Republican uh, members to talk about where we were in the discussion. We had um, given an offer, a counter offer to uh, Mr. Schumer late yesterday afternoon. Um, and immediately, I think thereafter, the Senate went into recess until at least Thursday. That doesn't mean it will be before Thursday till we get, hear something back, but uh, I don't think things are going to uh, move very quickly here for the next couple of days. So. Are we talking a week? Are we talking until the new Congress comes in on January 3rd? Yeah, a couple of different things. It's Sunday right now, and government is shut down mostly on a right. Sunday anyway. Government shut down tomorrow anyway because it's a federal holiday. Then Tuesday is Christmas, again, another federal holiday. So Wednesday is really the first day that this kicks in. Um, but paychecks, importantly, will go out on the 28th. Uh, I want everybody to understand no one is working without getting paid. Paychecks go out on the 28th. The next pay period that is impacted is January 11th. I think um, that is, uh, it's very possible that the shutdown will go beyond the 28th uh, and into the new Congress. Democrats are talking about $1.3 billion for border security, but none of it for the wall. Here is Senate Democratic Leader Chuck Schumer on this subject. If you want to open the government, you must abandon the wall, plain and simple. First of all, what's going on on the Democratic side, best you can see? A couple of different things. And that's an important line because I think it's important that everyone understands the language that everyone is using. The president tweeted out a picture yesterday of a steel fence, the steel slatted fence with the pointed top and so forth. That's what we want to build. 
uh, in the Democrats' mind, that is not a wall. So they have offered us $1.3 billion to build the barrier that we want, but then they go on TV and say there's no money for a wall. Okay. We've already told the Democrats uh, we want to build what the president tweeted out. It doesn't have to be a 30-foot high concrete. So you think that they would approve $1.3 billion to build the, 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 the steel picket fence. Exactly. Well, the steel barriers that the right. president tweeted right. out yesterday. Here's the problem, of course, is that as recently as two weeks ago, they had offered us $1.6 billion for that same thing, so they're moving in the wrong direction. I think there's a really good question here as to whether or not this deal can be cut before the new Congress comes in. I think there's a, an implication here for Nancy Pelosi's election for the speakership. I think she's now um, in that unfortunate position of being beholden to her left wing to where she cannot be seen as agreeing with the president on anything until she, after she speaks. If that's the case, again, I think there's a chance we go into the next Congress. So you're, you're suggesting, or maybe you're outright saying, that Nancy Pelosi, in her effort to ensure that she's the speaker, may hold this up until she's elected speaker. I certainly say that's a dynamic. So we've been talking to, Ch uh, to Mr. Schumer, the leader of the Democrats in the Senate. The bill right now is in the Senate. The ball is in the Senate's court. Of course, um, keep in mind, any bill that comes out of the Senate on this topic will have to have 60 votes. It'll have to have Democrat support. Uh, but I certainly think that the, the speaker's dynamic is in play here. Well, all right. Let's look at it from your side. The president, $5 billion. What's his bottom line? Does it have to be $5 billion? It was talked from some Republicans who had lunch with the president yesterday. He might accept $2.3 billion. Yeah. Again, I'm not going to tell you what our bottom line is. I know you don't expect me to do that. But yeah, I, actually, I, I'd like it. <laughs> I will tell you this. Um, they, are, they are at 1-3 uh, uh, yesterday. We were at $5 billion a couple of days ago. And the counter offer that we gave them yesterday was between those two numbers. You, but you 2.3. We moved off of the 5. We hope they move up from their 1.3. All right. President Trump has been all over the place on this whole issue of the shutdown. Here's where he was two weeks ago and where he was on Friday. Take a look. I am proud to shut down the government for border security, Chuck. So I will take the mantle. I will be the one to shut it down. I'm not going to blame you for it. It's up to the Democrats. So it's really the Democrat shutdown. So if the president is, quote, proud, mm -hmm to shut down the government and is ready to take the mantle, why is he suddenly calling it the Democrat shutdown? First of all, he is proud to be having the fight. Let's make that very, very clear. He's proud to sort of point out that Chuck Schumer has actually voted for the exact He said he's proud to shut down the government. And I'll get to that in a second. But see, he's proud to have this fight. Okay. As to where we are in the back and forth, again, the ball right now is in their corner. We made them an offer uh, yesterday afternoon. So the Senate Democrats have the ability right now to open the government and agree to the deal. That's, that's where the back and forth is. So, the so you don't see him flipping when he says, I'm proud to shut down the government, and now he's... They come back to us with something that balls in our court. It's a different dynamic. But right now, the Democrats, uh, are, are, the ball is in their court as to what they come back with. You have your own record when it comes to immigration and a border wall. Mm -hmm. I know you knew I was going to ask you this. Here's what you said as a congressman in 2015. Sure. The fence doesn't solve the problem. Is it... Is it is it necessary to have one? Sure. Would it help? Sure. But to just say, build the darn fence and have that be the end of an immigration discussion is absurd and almost childish for someone running for president to take that simplistic a view. If building a wall is childish and simplistic as a solution for the immigration problem, 
Why is it worth shutting down the government? It has to be part of a comprehensive... Uh, but it isn't. A border wall absolutely is no, but, part but, of border but, but that's, you're not saying it's part of it. You're not saying it's part of, of, of a comprehensive immigration I think, plan. I think in the quote you just read... read no, that's what you said, but that's, not what the, but that's not what the president is saying. A border wall is necessary. We've known this since Reagan. Reagan agreed to amnesty in exchange for border security. He gave away the amnesty, never got the border security. Everyone's aware of that. We don't want to make the same mistake. Okay? A border wall is absolutely necessary, which is why we're having the battle. So, too, by the way, are changing our policies on immigration. I think one of the biggest stories that didn't get reported this week was the agreement um, that we reached with Mexico to have Mexico agree to keep um, people seeking asylum in the United States in Mexico. So they come to the border right now, or at least before this week, they were allowed to stay in this country pending their decision. Now Mexico will keep them in Mexico. That's going to have a tremendous deterrent effect on people coming to the border. Right. We need a comprehensive solution to border security, and a border barrier, steel slat fence, has to be part of that. One of the reasons that I think people here in Washington are so rattled this week is because the shutdown comes exactly the same time as the president made a dramatic decision on pulling troops out of Syria and drawing down troops in Afghanistan, which led to the resignation of Defense Secretary James Mattis. I want to put up the resignation letter from Mattis in which he writes this. My views on treating allies with respect and also being clear-eyed about both malign actors and strategic competitors are strongly held and informed by over four decades of immersion in these issues. So Mick, Secretary Mattis is saying that he quit because his views on treating allies with respect and being clear-eyed about our enemies do not align with President Trump. Uh, I don't think it was a dramatic decision. Keep in mind, this has been something that the president has been working on since he got to it, office. It's, wait wait one second. It's the first time a defense secretary has ever resigned over policy in the history of the country. I don't believe that to be the case. I think Chuck Hagel resigned for the same reasons. I, I, I don't believe that he did resign over a matter of policy. But I, I thought well, it was a policy over, over ISIS, as a matter of fact. But again, look, this, it leaked out this week. In fact, it leaked out, apparently, from the Defense Department. This is not something that was done sort of at the drop of a hat. The president's been working on this for two years. Um, so it's unfortunate that it came out the way that it did, but this was not a snap decision. And it's not a surprise to anybody because it's exactly what the president said he was going to do. Now, as to uh, uh, Mr. Mattis's resignation, um, if a cabinet secretary simply has such a, a misalignment with the president's priorities that he cannot serve him, that is the right reason to leave. You've asked I, him, I, I completely agree with you, but the point is he's saying the reason he left is because he believes that allies should be treated with respect respect and we ought to be clear-eyed about our enemies and he clearly doesn't think that President Trump feels the same way. I, I, don't, I don't read a letter that way. Look, let's be honest with each other. I think the relationship between these two men had been fraying. I think the President no longer relied on Mattis to be able to deliver the President's vision. The President has to know, I don't have to agree with the President on everything he asks me to do. In fact, we're not going to. I think he hires people who disagree with him because he likes that different input. Okay, But if I'm physically incapable, completely incapable of doing what he wants me to do just because I don't believe it. I cannot serve him I, well. I, and I need to leave, and I think that's what That's happened. a very honorable thing. Let, but let's look, because it wasn't just Mattis. I want to put up the U.S. envoy to the coalition to fight ISIS and the chairman of the Joint Chiefs, who both in recent days had expressed where they thought, uh, what they thought about U.S. troops in Syria. Here they are. Even as the end of the physical caliphate is clearly now coming into sight, uh, the end of ISIS will be a much more uh, long-term initiative. We still have a long way to go, and so I'd, I'd be reluctant to affix a time. 
They both said that this month, and we learned yesterday that the envoy, Brett McGurk, has just quit because he also disagrees so strongly mm -hmm. with the president's policies. A, a couple of questions. One, the president says in a tweet he didn't know Brett McGurk. How is it possible that the president doesn't know the envoy who has been representing the U.S. to the coalition for the last two years. Well, I think that's easy because the president's dealing with the Secretary of State, the Secretary of Defense. I mean, not it, despite what people think, it, the White House is not Grand Central Station. Not anybody in the administration gets in to see the president. So the president gets briefed by Mr. D by General Dunford. Okay, and then here's Mr. the Mattis. question: If 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 he he uh, went against the recommendations of Mattis McGurk. Dunford, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs, apparently Pompeo and Bolton. Who is he listening to? Here's, the president listens to a bunch of different people, okay, including the people who... But that's his national security no, thing. Including the people who live here and the, and the ordinary Americans, the people he promised when he ran for office that he was going to leave. We recognize the fact that this is unpopular within the Beltway. We recognize this fact is unpopular within the Defense Department. It's very popular with ordinary American people. The people who ran when Donald Trump ran... I, with all due respect said, to democracy, and I, and I yeah. agree with you about that, yeah. do they really know what the... Do they really know what the stakes are of pulling U.S. troops out and leaving the Syrian Defense Force to the Turkish uh, Turkish slaughter and what the impact is going to be on Iran? I mean, really, we're going to make this a plebiscite? Ordinary, ordinary Americans have no idea about those things. They elect the president so that he does, and he has the complete understanding of what you've just laid out, and the decision is his. We serve the president. I am not the president of the United States. Jim Mattis is not the president of the United States. And our job is to get him the information from all sides. And believe me, he sees information from all sides. You can imagine on spending what he sees from me, and he makes the final decision. The fact that his decision is not popular with some people is, is more their problem than his. I got one more question, and I got a minute for it. The stock markets have just had their worst week since the Great Recession in 2008. Uh, at least two top national security officials resigned this week, and there's talk about more resignations from the Pentagon. Congressional Republicans are now breaking with the president, whether it's on Syria or Saudi Arabia, or even some of them about how this shutdown happened. Does the president understand that there is growing concern in Washington, even among some people in his own party, that his presidency is in crisis? Uh, no, I don't think it's, I don't think there's concern the presidency in crisis. I thought you were going to ask me if these things were unpopular, people were worried about them. This, as I said at the outset, this is what having a president who is non-traditional, who's a different kind of president, looks like. He's not going to be an ordinary president, and that's not what people wanted when they elected him. As to the things you just mentioned, the fundamentals of the economy are still great. Yes, the stock market is down. We both know it goes up and down. Unemployment is still at historic lows. Capital investment is still high. Business confidence is high. GDP is still solid. So the fundamentals are still good. Um, is it going to be a rocky road with a president who's willing to, to mix things up to change Washington to benefit folks back home? Yes. Mick, thank you. Thank you for your time, especially this holiday weekend. I hope you and your family get at least a little time to celebrate Christmas. And congratulations on your new job as chief of staff. I hope you will be more willing to come on and talk to us than your immediate predecessor was. Merry Christmas to you. Thanks. Man. Merry Christmas to you. All right. There you go, Mick Mulvaney, um, acting whoever the guy was, acting White House chief of, chief of staff, about to be anyway. Okay, so that's the interview he had, and he mentioned a whole lot of stuff here uh, about the border wall. But what he failed to mention was there was a meeting back in November with uh, Republican leadership, which was Ryan uh, McConnell, 
who else was there? Um, Richard Shelby um, and, and a, a couple other individuals. John Durham, Durham. Okay, anyway, number three Republican guy. And when they went into this meeting, the meeting, the purpose of the meeting was to tell the president that basically he wasn't going to get the $5 million that he was asking for from the Senate Republican, I mean Democratic. It wasn't going to happen. So let's cut a deal for the 1.6 that had already been allocated, okay? Now, originally the president, he agreed to that. He, he agreed. Yes, we're going to do this. However, you know, it's interesting how um, individuals are beginning to, to uh, how can I say it, uh, leave uh, this, this administration. Of course, we had a whole list. I think it was 27, 28 people now that have been part of this administration that has eventually rolled out where they would be, quote, unquote, resigned or were fired or how they want to say That's a lot of people. But it's interesting how um, certain people gets the ear of, the, of this president here, and and in this case, what happened? What happened was he had a couple of conservative GOP hardliners, Mark Meadows and Jim Jordan. Okay, they bypassed Republican leadership and urged the president to back a bill providing five billion for the border wall. All right. Now, as I mentioned before. Mitch McConnell and Paul Ryan had been had already uh, was ready to 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 agree to the 1.6 that was already there, agreed to. You know, uh, and and they really were 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 really trying to avoid the shutdown. So it seemed. However, if you heard during the interview, he said, "Well, we have a counter offer." On the table, and we hope the Democrats will, will go ahead and, and um, the Democrats will go ahead and, and, and move up from the 1.3. Okay, here it is. We started at 1.6. Yeah, it, it, it's funny the game that's being played right now. So the hardliners say, no, we want five billion. And I think what has happened is everybody has gotten caught up in the wording on this thing because as soon as you say wall, your you immediate Imagination or, or, or vision says a big, solid, concrete thing. Okay. However, what is really be talking about talking about right now is like it's like a big steel fence with pointed tops. That's basically what. It is. And honestly, there's always it is always there's already some already on the border. Okay. If you go on the line and look it up, you see it's already there. But so why all of a sudden this five billion is such an important number? Well, here's what's what's going on. The hardliners and President Trump has decided to use this this issue that most people forgot about of these caravans that came that was coming through Mexico as a reason to say, well, we need more than 1.6 that has always been out, already been allocated. That is what they're doing. They say, see, this is why we need more money to, to do this. This is why. Okay. Now, then they say, well, you know, we got terrorists coming through the border. Well, 
so far, I don't think they've called us two individuals that, that we know of. Okay, there have been other reports, and both of these guys, one was uh, what's the gang, M13, whatever, gang member. The other one had been thrown out the country 800 times or something like that, and, and that's it. But once again, as he said, the American people don't know what's going on. That's why president know. That's why they let the president do it, because he's supposed to know. And that is the issue we have right now. There's no pressure on these guys to do anything. They're just sitting there playing the game. All right? The president, the hardliners say $5 billion. All right? The Democrats say $1.3 now. But the original number was $1.6. And looking at this whole thing, I bet you by the end of it, it's going to be back at the $1.6 to $1.7 billion. Now, we all know the president sat there in the meeting and said, you know, I will shut it down. I'll take ownership of shutting it down. I was going to play that, that, that clip as well, but I decided not to. But he said, I will, shut, I will take ownership. But he said in the press conference the other day that, oh, no, it's the Democrats. It's the Democrats. See, once again, you get here and, and you, you start playing this, this, this blame game. And the reason why it, it, this is so important, number one, is has to uh, try and keep his, his, his political promise from his campaigning about this wall that so-called Mexico was going to pay for it anyway. And we see where that's going with that, you know. But now uh, Mexico says that we ain't doing it. So uh, now he wants Congress and the taxpayers to, to foot the bill for this thing, this, this so-called wall, which is really a fence. With all this being done, and the leadership already knowing that this $5 billion is not going to happen. It, it is not going to, to do it. <clears throat> Why the hardliners want to play? Because this is not about right now. <clears throat> Excuse me. This is not about right now, really. It, it really isn't. This is about 2020. 2020. That's what this is about. Because those individuals right now are thinking about being reelected, their campaign, so forth and so on. That's what they want to talk about. With that, with that being the way it is, it's interesting to see that uh, these individuals are really, really working their way, <laughs> working their way into just a, a, a frenzy for nothing. Welcome, Supernatural. It's been a minute. Yes, ninety three and ninety four. Thank you for hanging out with me. Um. Yeah. So this 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 shutdown, government shutdown, is nothing but a, a, another little game that they play, and. It's a partial shutdown, so that's that's a whole other part of it. It's not even a complete total shutdown, which means basically only certain parts of, of, of the government is not working. Now, a lot of people should be happy because the IRS is off. They can't work right now, some park rangers and other individuals. <clears throat> but let's be honest, for those that are looking for them big refund checks from the tax cuts or what have you, you know, being that the IRS is not working right now, you know that's going to delay your refund, right? <laughs> I just thought I'd throw that in there. I really did. Um, 
Yeah. Now, it's interesting that with this this shutdown going on and, and the so-called, as they say, we've made an alternate offer, which really is not an alternate offer. It, it's probably going to be exactly where it is right now. You know, it, it's interesting. Then you have the situation with James Mattis, <clears throat> you know, and, and the other guy, Gork. Gherkin or whatever his name is. This, this is this is just a, a, a whole big old mess. That's what it is, a, a big mess. It is. It's a big mess. And, and apparently, uh, uh, how can how, apparently it's just a show. That that's what the word I'm looking for. Basically, it's, it's just a show. McGurk. And of course. In usual fashion, the president decides he's going to get on Twitter and attack everybody that, that he feels is doing, is out to get him. Is out to get him. There were some claims in there about Reagan amnesty. But let's remember that Reagan told Gorbachev, tell this, let's tear this wall down. It's time to tear this wall down. So the, the, the actual statement is that uh, amnesty. No. No. But once again, we have things that are, are just being said that is just, just crazy. You actually had Lindsey Graham go on a show. <laughs> oh, that said that $1.6 billion that has been offered is not enough. Now, Lindsey Graham said $1.6, but if you listen to this guy right here, McVaney, he said $1.3. And, of course, as I say, they say because the caravans and terrorists that are crossing the border, which we know is really not true, the caravans wasn't an invasion, you know. And basically, Lindsey Graham said, well, you know, if that's all they get is $1.6 billion, it's worthless. This The shutdown was worthless. <laughs> uh, and then Graham went over to say that because – Donald Trump is the president. That uh, that is the reason why there has been no terrorist attack in America. <laughs> Do you see the bull? How, how deep the crap is getting in, in in this situation? Do you see how deep it's getting? It, it, it's just total crapola. You know. <laughs> In the chat room, uh, Super Dad said this whole thing is disgusting. This government needs to go. I agree. I agree. You know, and, and with 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 this whole thing, it, it's just a, a, a play, a play. Now look at the shutdown. Before he shut it down, he said, "Okay, on the twenty fourth, everybody's off. All federal people off. Christmas Day tomorrow, ain't no, nobody's working." Okay, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, then you got New Year's Eve, which he's probably going to make another fair holiday, and New Year's Day, no one's going to be working in too. And here's the here's the other thing that people need to pay attention to. If this shutdown was so important to any of them, listen to what I'm about to say. If it was so important to any of them, and the citizens of this country really mattered, Instead of being on their holiday vacation, they would be in there trying to fix this right now. 
they're supposed to represent the people, right? That's who supposedly put them in up there in Washington, D.C. Am I not correct? But instead of trying to fix this, all of them did vacation and rolled out. Come on, people. What is that saying? The citizen, it, it's not about the citizens. It's not about the citizens at all. Basically, right now, it's about who got the biggest commands and who's going to hold out the longest, but they already know where they're going to settle at. And I say 1.6 to 1.7. The GOP hardliners, I forgot what the official name they call them, uh, they're going to have a problem with it. And, and, and they, now, see, this whole thing about the wall, it was never, it was never, never President Trump's idea. Let, let's go on and, and get this out here once again. One of his aides, uh, campaign people mentioned this early on in his campaign, and he thought it was a good idea and a good political move to start saying it. And once he started saying it, his base got a hold of it and began to roll and roll and roll and roll. So now, instead of uh, looking like he's caving in, okay, GOP hardline said, okay, no, let's fight for this. They already know it's not going to happen, but let's fight for this. Let's cause a big thing. Let's shut it down. So what does what does that do? Once again, that gets his base hype. Yes, he fight, he fighting. But as I say, this is not about now. It's about twenty twenty. And that's what you must understand. It's about twenty twenty. There's already already a big fence on the border. Stretches of, of what seven hundred miles? I mean, it's, it's long. <clears throat> Some places you can't put a fence because of the landscape. But if you listen to them, oh, we gonna have one all the way from from uh, San Diego all the way down to the, the Laredo, Texas. Well, here's another issue: most of, uh, of the of the land. Uh, west of El Paso is federal land anyway. So they can put the fence up there wherever they want to or the wall. But from El Paso down to Laredo, no. A lot of that is privately owned land, which creates a whole other issue in itself. But once again, nobody's speaking about that because they don't want you to know they're going to go down there and take them people's land. Some of the land, you can't even put anything on because it's not stable enough to hold anything like that. Not to mention the, the, the wildlife and uh, it's a whole lot of stuff going on. So this fight is really uh, about trying to satisfy a group of people for the 2020 elections. But the normal everyday Joe is caught up in it right now. Yeah. But anyway, I see I have a call on the line, so I, I, let me take this caller. I think I have an idea. I know who it is, which is a good thing. All right, Triple One, welcome to the show. Who do I have here and what you have for me? Oh, you got no idea what you in for, brother. Happy holidays and Merry Christmas. <laughs> well, thank you and same to you. What's your name? <laughs> you know what my name is. You don't need to ask twice. 
But let me ask you a question here. Do you really believe that a 30-foot wall is going to stop people from getting through? Yes, it will stop most of them. Yes, and the ones that are that determined to get over, there are other ways to catch them. Then we don't have to spend so much time on the weak sisters. We can concentrate on the really determined, resourceful ones. Right now, any weak sister can just walk across a non-existent barrier, and you've got to waste time and resources going after them. So it will, it, will, it will stop them, the ones who are not willing to put the time and effort to get over the wall, and then we can concentrate on those ones that are tough enough and resourceful enough to surmount a 30-foot-high dollared wall. Yep, you're damn right I believe it. You believe it, and that's what you're going to go for. Yes, because I know what a defense in depth is. That's why I believe it, because I know. I okay. construct defenses. So, I know how to stop an invasion. Massage, when was the and last for me, it was a matter of life and death. Wait, wait, so believe me, I understand the When was the last actual invasion into this country? You know, it, it's interesting. Uh, how in 1916, the Pancho Villa mounted raids across the border from Mexico. The United States mounted a punitive expedition into Mexico oh, with 100,000 federal and National Guard soldiers led by General John J. Percy. Sorry, sorry. In 1916, sir, we were invaded from Mexico. Wait a minute, sir. Wait a minute. We were. You know what? We're not going to get into this history thing, but let me tell you. Oh, that's right. We were so you asked the question. I answered the question. Now you don't uh, no, 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 no. I just don't want to get sidetracked side into that. I'm not so being sidetracked. So I answered the question directly. Sorry, you asked when was the last sorry, time. Sorry, we got invaded from Mexico sorry, in 1960. Sorry. We sent 100,000 troops into Mexico to stop it. Sorry. Sorry. Okay. I'm not going to try and talk over you, Sarge, all right? So you got to let me talk, all right? See, 
you sound just like those. <laughs> Never mind. Anyway, but look. I don't care what I sound like. Right. I believe every single see, syllable see, I'm saying. Now, 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 see, wait a minute. Hold on, hold on. See, you just said something, and, and, and you, you're helping me with my point that undocumented Democrats, which would have a chance to vote in the 2020 election, right? Uh, please, sir. Uh, we've already saying. got evidence that the Democrats are doing this. Project Veritas just released Democrat election what, what, workers what? talking about allowing illegal aliens to vote in a federal elections, which is a violation of federal Sorry. campaign law. Please Sorry. don't tell me Sorry. it doesn't occur. Sorry. Sorry. I didn't say it didn't occur. But my point is, this is not about now. It's about 2020. This has nothing to do <laughs> yeah, with we, yeah, we would like citizens has, to vote now. It's not about that. This yeah, it's not a good right idea now, to me. Starts, this shutdown, shutdown now has nothing to do with trying to protect the citizens of the United States or trying to keep... <laughs> okay, trying to do, <laughs> Let's see, the worst opioid epidemic in the United States history, 80% of which comes over the border, kills 70,000 Americans a year, stop, but it ain't got stop, nothing to do stop, with keeping Americans safe. Okay, I'll go along with that.
Yes, both parties what? are complicit. The Republicans and the Democrats. Okay. I'm not trying to deny it. All right. The chamber, the Republicans okay. want the chamber's commerce types to approve of their letting in illegal aliens so they can exploit them, cheap labor, almost like slave labor, and drive down the wages <laughs> of America. Almost. But the Democrats got far more invested in illegal aliens than the Republicans do, and it's bad enough what the Republicans are doing. Please, I'm not trying to make excuses for these lousy Republicans who are for open borders. They can go to hell, too. I'm talking about the Democrats, though, are really heavily invested in because they can use them to fundamentally transform the United States as that last usurper we just had in office used to say. <laughs> okay, so now, once again, you're going to use the, 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 the Obama. It's Obama's fault, right? Uh, no, I, I, I get, I, that'll take a whole show to do that. I'd rather not go with that right now. Let's uh-huh. deal with the border wall. Right, right. But I got the right. evidence for that, too. Don't worry, man. I'm ready for you any argument for you that. advance. Oh, you really? Advance any now, argument, please, now, sir. I'm ready what? for I'm, you. Don't matter. Barack Obama, because I just got the other day, I was looking, uh, listening to John Kerry, former Secretary of State, Explaining how the Obama administration armed and helped to expand ISIS. Sir, let me say that again. It's not what Saad said. I listened to John Kerry explain to a United Nations non-government organization uh, uh, representative how the Obama administration expanded ISIS and armed them. That, that is okay, well, secret. I'm just saying, well, they, all, yeah, all and they have a hand, believe me, all they also are in, interested in illegal aliens, too, and I can prove that, too. So, I don't just say it, things. It, I, it, that's not hard to prove. That's a, that's already a fact that's known to anybody who, who's been watching and paying attention. That's already known. Most of the dang on um, ISIS or, or rebels or whatever they want to call them have been trained by the U.S. government. We know this. Well, wait, most of them, no, not most of them. Yes, yes, most of them. No, no, not most of them, no. Yes, and, and, as I'm sorry, we go we go as, quote-unquote, advisors. Advisors. All right, well, okay, but let's let's get and back to the board now. Get back to the board. Stick with the board. Uh, yeah, well, well I mean, I, 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 I regret raising that, that issue. I was just merely saying that, that of, we have proof of, of the Obama administration oh, participating oh, in un-American oh, activities oh, elsewhere. Oh, we also oh, have proof oh, of them oh, being oh, complicit with the open borders thing, oh, like when Obama oh, created DACA, the executive order on DACA, which did Oh, Lord. Sarge, okay, I, I just have to stop you for a minute because, God dang, I can't, <laughs> I, I, I can't get the word in with you right now. All right, look, Sarge. <laughs> executive right. order you can make. You can make a million executive orders as long as they are in furtherance of the Constitution and the lawful legislation Sarge. passed by Congress. I don't care if you make two million executive orders. It's not the number, it's whether or not they are allowed by the law and the Constitution. And Obama's declarations dealing with DACA had nothing whatsoever to do with legislation passed by Congress. Okay. So, yeah, the Obama again, administration was complicit as much as mess at the board. It's, Obama, it's Obama administration's fault, right? Uh, I didn't say that, sir. That's not what I said. I said the Obama administration is complicit uh-huh. in much of this chaos at the border. I didn't say that mm-hmm. it pre-existed to the Obama administration. George Bush made a lot of it worse. 
So I'm, I'm, I'm going to put the blame what blame belongs. Now, let's, let's talk about this. We have, we have, every president that comes in, first thing they yell about is, we need to do something about border security. We need to do something about border security. So, yeah, and this one final is actually about, doing as, something as, serious, and everybody's on, 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 on the case. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. As me and Joe talked about the other day, all right, instead of continue to try and build a wall or a fence, whatever they call it, how about <laughs> let's do some real how about do some real legislation to fix this thing? Now, now I must Yeah, I know. Drones alone will take care of it, right? No, 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 no. I don't need a few more drones. That'll stop from the cold right there. Yes, sir. I mean, let's let's talk about You have drones now. You have helicopters. You have sensors along the way. You have stopping dead in the tracks. You have have patrols. You have patrols out there. You got a blimp out there, and, and that's not stopping it. Okay, you okay. why not combine there. all of it? Why do you want to leave out the most single important component? Why? I mean, does that mean just because we got patrols, which are necessary, look, and drones, here's, which are necessary, and sensors, which are necessary. Look, why are all of a sudden the wall, though, is just unthinkable? It's utterly unthinkable and ineffective, and it won't work, even though it works in Israel. It won't work anywhere else, even though the Hungarians and the Bulgarians are putting up walls that are very effective at stopping illegal immigration. Nope, won't work here. It only works there. Can't work in the United States. It's utterly impossible. Okay. Are you done now? Don't get the no, I'm not done out. yet. One more thing I'd like to say. Once upon a time, back in the 1950s, during the Eisenhower administration, he did two things. Number one, he set up what is called a Bracero program, which allowed Mexican workers, with the cooperation of the Mexican government, by agreement with both countries, to allow workers from Mexico to enter the United States and work during certain times of the year, certain seasons, at the end of which they would return to their countries. The program worked rather well for a good deal of time. In addition to that, the Eisenhower administration began something called Operation Wetback, which was so effective it deported over a million illegal aliens in the space of eight months. Now, the difference between then and now is there was no such thing whatsoever, not even thought of in any governmental circle in the United States called a sanctuary city or a sanctuary state. Everybody cooperated with the Immigration and Naturalization Service, as it was known then. He put a tough ex-paratroop general named Swing in charge of the operation. And the IRS cracked down on these businesses that were hiring illegal aliens, and it was very efficient and very effective. But it won't work now because all the cultural monsters and the open borders crowd who are determined to let our national sovereignty and our borders be violated to the detriment of our citizens, black and white and legally resident in the United States. No doubt. Okay. Now, as I was saying, since you have thrown all this great stuff up, but you still haven't came up to tell me any any viable uh, solution to this to this issue about this wall. <laughs> I mean, you haven't. I mean, you just told me what somebody did. Back okay, then. Uh, now I'll make your point, brother. And I'm gonna tell you what needs to be done. Now, as I was saying, as I was about to say, you know, there wasn't a. Uh, "Quote unquote tentative agreement reached between Mexico and the United States uh, last week. 
and uh, it, it, it's, it, it has a little where the, those that happen to come into um, Mexico and reach the border will have to stay in, in Mexico until, you know, they're hearing for asylum in the United States. Now. Yeah, I got I mean, no problem with that. Sounds like a good idea to me. Yeah, it, it is a good idea. Now, see. Um, but don't let them so, come in the border or else they have to get no, a hearing. Listen, they, listen, due listen, to the Flores listen, agreement, listen, we have to let them go listen, after 21 days, especially if they come here with children and they don't show up again. So don't let them listen. in the United States. They can't be allowed to set foot on our soil. Oh, Lord have mercy. Our soil. I got two purple hearts, brother. It's my country. I shed okay. blood for it. I'm All a right. natural-born citizen yeah. of the United okay. States. It's my country. It's my border. Well, Every citizen, ahead, even the people here who are lawfully okay. resident, I'm including them, who ain't citizens but are here lawfully have that right. Okay. Now here's the agreement. After initial fear screening at the port of entry, the asylum seeker would wait until his or her scheduled court appearance before an immigration judge. Then the asylum seeker would be escorted to a federal courthouse by U.S. officers, but would potentially have to return to Mexico again if the judge did not reach an immediate determination of the claim, which means whether they are granted asylum or not. Under the rules, an applicant whose asylum claim is denied would not be allowed to return to Mexico. Instead, the person would remain in the U.S. in U.S. custody and face immediate deportation to his or her home country. Okay, so that that is part of what this new agreement is, is with Mexico. As I said, it hasn't been formalized yet, but this is is tentative, and this is what they're working on. Now, another interesting part of this thing is. There are some businesses over there that are actually offering these these um, individuals jobs. You know, and Tijuana, a group of business leaders in the city said they have thousands of job openings at the city's assembly plant, inviting Central American migrants to work in the factories. Of course, of course, you know the wages are not going to be what they were making in the U.S. However, Mexican officials say the work offer was one reason they believe the remain the remaining um, migrants in Mexico plan will succeed. Across the country, there are 100,000 jobs available for Central American asylum seekers. That's what the official said. So this agreement may actually work. And then there you go. But then again, you have individuals like SARS that want to yell and scream and yell about a wall that really is not going to be effective. Let's be honest. It's not going to be effective, SARS. I mean, they look I dirty. This, this is why I know that wall is because they're screaming too much about it. I have no doubt they know how effective it is, which is precisely why they don't want it. But there's no doubt in my mind whatsoever, Mr. I ain't got no doubt whatsoever. I know that's why they don't want the wall, because that way it can still continue at almost the same pace it is today. I don't have, I have absolutely no doubt of this, sir. None. They know the wall is the okay. most effective single component of border security. They know it. That's why they're howling about, like stuffed pigs. Okay. How about the $5.8 billion in aid and investment that, um, <laughs> that, 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 that the United States just sent to aid for Central America? 
$10.6 billion in southern Mexico. What about that? No, to help. Uh, to look, help that was earmarked before all this kerfuffle came up. Look, I, 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 I'm against foreign aid for the most part, but given the fact that these damn countries, and not necessarily Mexico, Mexico's improved well, quite a bit hold recently, hold despite the narco wars on the, on the, on so the border what? with the U.S. Hey, hey, sorry. Mexico's sorry. improved so quite what? a bit, but Honduras and Guatemala are, 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 are awful. Do you realize we have one-third, that is 33%, for all of y'all who didn't go to, who went to public school, if you went to public school, you might not know what 33% is. But if you went to public school, in case you don't know, one third is like 33 and a third percent. We've got over 33 and a third percent of the entire population of El Salvador living illegally in the United States. And think about that for a minute. One third of them are living in the United States. How many more do we need? How many more illiterate, uneducated, unskilled peasants do we need in the United States today when they're talking about automation and we're going to be losing jobs in 10 to 20 years? Now, I want to know how many we're supposed to take. Oh, so. Well, maybe we need 100 million uneducated illegal immigrants are so good for a country. Why aren't they good for the countries they live in? Because, <laughs> because it's not no, a no, matter country. of That's why they're coming Legally, what they 
158,581 illegals were arrested this year. Or let's say in fiscal year 2018. Okay, of those 158,000, there were 1,641 who had already had homicide convictions. And 1,294 had kidnapped convictions. That's a stat that just came out, and um, I think it supports my particular argument about not having illegals. I don't want legals or illegals. Again, just like in the laws of physics, you can't have two bodies occupying the same space at the same time. You can't have two people occupying the same job at the same time. We don't have enough um, jobs going around for people who don't even know how to speak the language and don't want to assimilate. Get rid of them. I, I would, if I were president, I would have. I would want to institute a law that would make anybody who's been here that has even a misdemeanor, three or four misdemeanors within a two-year period of time, if they're not a naturalized citizen or a natural-born citizen, ship them out. Okay, I do not want to go the way of Austra- well, Australia. They're, they're not going to. Well, they may. I don't want to go the way of Britain, France, or Germany. We're headed that way. This is an invasion and has been so for the last few years. So, Merry Christmas to both of you. Fight <laughs> <laughs> on, brother Joe. I appreciate everything you said. You're a little bit harder than me, but I like what you're saying. <laughs> Well, that's because I don't want the legals here. See, Sarge, he doesn't mind. He wants people. But most people, no, I say all people, uh, all people man. who want legals here, who don't mind having legals here, they want responsible human beings. I live with immigrants. People don't talk about what it's like to live with the peasants. When le- illegals or legals come over here, do not know our language, and come from a country, not because they're a... Sh- an a-hole country, but because they themselves did not um, do well in their own country, didn't learn their language properly, um, where all the lower economic status of their country come over here, don't know our language, don't want to assimilate, what do you think is going to happen to that country which takes in legals or illegals on that basis? Exactly. I feel the same way about our people that are comparable to many of these illegal aliens. If they were to flood in in another country, I'm talking about American citizens. Mm-hmm. I feel exactly the same way about them destabilizing another country. Yeah. Only well, yeah, I think that I think most of my well, I don't really know. I guess we had the term "ugly Americans" way back when Marlon Brando did the movie, but I'm suspecting. That if um, a middle-class American goes over to another country, they will uh, take pains to learn that language and speak it fluently within two years, as opposed to the immigrants I know who have been here for decades and do not know more than 50 words of English. Mm. More than 50 words of English. Don't know more than 50 words of English. (laughs) I don't like them. They do not care about our rules, our culture. They don't want to assimilate. I, 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 I disagree with that. Mm-hmm. I, I oh, well, everybody that. knows a few. I, look, I, I know a few good immigrants, okay? But the majority of illegals and the majority of people, again, my particular disclaimer is 
um, if they are not of the middle class type of mindset, if they were not of the middle class in their country, they're not all of a sudden going to turn up and become middle class, upstanding citizens in this country. <laughs> you you want the middle class when we the middle class in this country is already struggling. So how how's that gonna happen? So well, our middle class is already yeah, is practically destroyed. But at least let's put it this way: I think from my experience, okay, this is subjective. Those people who have uh-huh. gone to college for the most part make very good uh-huh. neighbors. Okay, they uh-huh. do not they do not bring down the values of their neighborhoods. They keep their garbage can lids on top of their garbage cans. They keep their dogs off of other neighbors' properties. They um, they do not uh, make too much noise on the weekends. They are good neighbors for the most part. If you went to college, and the reason why, again, I say this rejectively, from my own experience, those people who are willing to take the time to sit their butts down in a classroom, keep their butts in a chair to listen to a boring professor, Boring, boring professors for four years to get their degree, okay? They aspire to middle class and above, and they are good neighbors. Now, of course, you're going to find those who are bank robbers, um, extortionists, white-collar crime, etc. But overall, they're good neighbors. Same thing goes with immigrants who have a good college education, a good college education who come over here. To me, uh, uh, Mr. Talk, uh, may I read three sentences, sentences to you, please? Wait a minute, wait a minute. Let Joe finish first. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Joe. No, I'm finished. I'm finished. That's the point I wanted to make. Okay. Go ahead, Sarge. Read three okay, sentences. Okay, three sentences. Here is from uh, section chapter 8, section 1182F of the United States Code. Whenever the president finds that the entry of any alien, I say again, any aliens or of any class of aliens into the United States would be detrimental to the interests of the United States. He may, by proclamation and for such period as he shall deem necessary, suspend the entry of all aliens or any class of aliens as immigrants or non-immigrants or Impose on the entry of aliens any restrictions he may deem to be appropriate. You want me to read it again? Sir. Well, I've read that on my show myself. Sorry. That's okay, I want to make sure we got out there. So we do understand, but, despite what some damn Hawaii federal judge might say, or some Ninth Circuit but, but, freak judge might say, the law passed but, by but, the Congress of the United States under but, Article 1. Section 8 authority gives Trump the authority to do what he's doing right now. Sorry. Okay, I I, I understand that. But what they got to do with a wall? Well, because, you know, because I'm hearing from a lot of these people who are making these arguments that Trump ain't got no authority to be doing what he's doing. It's unconstitutional. Of course, if they can't win the constitutional law for law, then they try to talk about morality. This from the same people that has butchered 54 million babies <laughs> since Roe versus Wade was decided <laughs> and insists that the federal taxpayers pay for it. The same kind of people are now telling us it's immoral to keep illegal aliens out of the country. And the very okay. same people. Now that, that, now that you have finished. Now, me and Joe have had this conversation, and as I was <laughs> said before, okay, 
I've read that same um, statue on here that says that, yes, he has the authority to keep folk out of the D.C. fit. I understand that. I don't have an issue with that. That's law, right? Now, as I've said before, instead of spending all this money on a fence wall, whatever they want to call it, let's do something else. Let's do as they're trying to do now. Work with work with those other countries and, 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 and fix this, fix the problem. Because putting up a wall is not going to fix the problem. I don't care what you say, it's not going to fix the problem. It's not putting up a wall of fences. Look, well, it's it, 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 on Sunday, uh, over over San Diego side of the border. There's tunnels, even Mexico. I mean, the Texas side. There's tunnels and everything. So don't think this is going to be a stop. It would be if we I, had I, I specifically said it's not going to stop the most determined and resourceful of border jumpers. I specifically said okay. that. But I said so, it will stop so much of the other well, stuff we got to well, waste our time on that I, we can concentrate well, on. on those kind of people and be more effective at stopping them. Okay. So that's the purpose of a defense in depth, as I tried to explain to you. That way, we don't have to worry about so much of these ones who are weak sisters and look for an easy way to come in where there's no barrier whatsoever. We can concentrate resources on the ones you're speaking of that have the resources, the determination, the skills, and the will to surmount any kind of barrier. After all, people got out of prison or war camps. People escaped from Alcatraz, didn't they? No, nothing is impermeable. Nothing. But you know what? It's going to stop an awful lot of it. Look, the bottom line is all of this could have been stopped decades ago if we had a um, um, a Congress who really looked out for the benefits of the American people. Everything that we're talking about today and we'll talk about years from now is nothing more than, than just a representation of political theater. There are people who, who say they want the wall when they really don't. There are people who say they don't want the wall when they really do, but they don't care because everybody is in their hands um, and in the um, uh, under control of the lobbyists. Oh, man, it's so. astonishing. I go back and listen to a lot of these Democrats back in 2004, yes. 2005, 2008, 2009. <laughs> they sounded harder liner than Donald Trump right. does. It's amazing. You're Chucky Schmucky Schumer and Nazi Pelosi and Barack Obama Don't forget and all the rest of them talking about the need to stop illegal aliens and the incalculable harm it does to the rule of law Wait and American citizens that are here. Stop, it's stop, beyond stop, belief stop, listening stop. to them freaks them stop, and listening to stop, them now. And they're all stop, talking about stop, putting you know, up a wall. Okay, here we go again. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Sarge, you know, I miss you. Oh, God. You, know, you know what's so interesting uh, about this whole conversation? Mm. When they get, it doesn't matter when they get going. Some kind of way, when we start talking about immigration, it has to stop at Obama. But let's go on and put Bush 1, Bush 2, Clinton, all of uh, Reagan. Let's all put them all in there. Don't just stop at Obama. Now, come on, Mr. I mean, Dog. You really, heard me mention Bush, now, didn't you? Now, now here, also. Also, see, so I talk so long, I, I think you know, forgot what I was talking about, what my thought process was. talking about was. the wall. Um, yeah. yeah, I know about the wall. <laughs> <laughs> I know about the wall. But, you know, 
really have to get my thought process here because I've been trying to get in with some thoughts. Yeah, but every but look, look, uh, okay, but let me, let's, Eric, you let's, know. Mm-hmm. What what is wrong with and so we've said this before. Let's mm-hmm. really take. Oh, I know, I know what I was saying. Man. I know what I was gonna say. Thank you. Um, look, and, and here's my point I made just for Sarge. I let Sarge on, and I, and I'll say it again, Joe. You know, <laughs> to, to actually to really look at this whole situation that's going on, the shutdown and everything. Right. One thing the American people have to do is take a look at where their representatives are right now. Uh-huh. Where are they right now? They're not. They're trying to figure this out, are they? Well, the bottom line is, again, is that it doesn't matter whether we're going to talk about the wall, the funding, or anything. Because Mr. Smith, they've been in the pockets of the lobbyists for years. So we can talk about any topic. I don't care what the topic is. It boils down to the cancer. <laughs> the cancer is Congress and the fact that they count on us, the sheeple, to keep them in office. As long as we keep Democrats and Republicans in office, we're going to have a situation which will multiply and spread and metastasize, just like cancer, into multiple situations, all of which will, just like all roads lead to Mecca, all roads lead to a corrupt Congress. doesn't matter what the topic is. Whether it's the wall, like funding, no funding, it's all corruption. Political mm, theater. I like mm. that. And, and, and it's fair. Correct. And, and mm. it's fair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what this is, and, and, and you know, Sarge put up some good arguments. I must oh. admit, but in the oh. bottom, but, but the bottom, the bottom, the bottom line is, it's nothing but theater. You know, it's the, it's the game that they play. Yeah. That's what we'll be going through this, and not yeah, yeah, but, but don't you think we ought to be year. asking the question as to why the theater now, when the votes have already been let numerous times in March, February of this year? In 2006, in 2013, Congress of the United States has already voted on this. Why are we having a theater now? They because, they, because there's a difference between voting on something and actually allocating the money for it. People can vote <laughs> through a resolution, non-binding, binding. They can even make a law. Unless that money is, apt, is actually allocated towards that particular project, it's always political theater. When, and even well, these fun- means that they unfortunately didn't count on getting a president who takes oh, seriously sure. his duty to faithfully <laughs> execute the laws no, 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 no. of the United Sar- States. Sar- Too bad for them. All Sar- of a sudden, these Sar- punks now, they got to put up or shut up. Well, actually, the... You know, well, you, mm-hmm. you know what, Sarge? See, here's the problem with that, that train of thought. He had already agreed to the 1.6 that they were going to give him. That's already allocated. Well, the 1.6 you know again, that wasn't that was a figure. But see, we they can throw around figures all day. For well, no, 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 Joe. Mm-hmm. That 1.6 has already been allocated in the budget for his his border defense thing, security. That's already was there. That's a but, but now yeah. what? Ha- yeah, mm-hmm. but what happened is the partner, you know, went around the leadership or whatever, talked mm-hmm. to him and decided and told him to fight for the five billion dollars. He always wanted the, at yeah. least the $5 million. But the thing yeah. is, that 1.6... But, but leadership, but leadership mm-hmm. had told him... Republican leadership had a meeting with him in November and told him, look, that 5 billion, you're not going to get it. Okay, well, let's be... We're not going to get it. So let's cut a deal right now and avoid the shutdown. It, it was a figure that was already... But the shutdown doesn't... 
See, the, the, we've had look, 70 but, shutdowns since the 50s. The shutdowns don't mean anything. Yeah. They don't mean anything. I mean, That's 70, as you point out, man, right. 80% of the federal government is still going to be operating. That's right. Uh, 80% of it is still going to be operating. It's not affecting one bit. That's right. Right. It's all political. So theater. once all... again, we're back to we're back to the political theater. But as long exactly. as you keep saying it's a government shutdown, the sheep was going to think that it's more than what it is. Precisely. Right? Because we have and been trained. And then what is going to become right? And then what's going to happen is when it comes down for 2020 to pop in for the elections, that's the first thing you want to. Well, you remember the shutdown, and which we that's probably right. have one or two more about it. You know, and then it becomes a political thing when actually it was nothing but theater like everything else. There are two. There are two problems. Huh? There are two foundations for every problem politically in America: a corrupt Congress and the sheeple. We are an uneducated um, people with confirmation bias. So that even if we become more informed about how corrupt the government is, we still don't want to believe that the government is so corrupt, that corrupt, that it will sell their mothers down the river for twenty pieces of silver. Once we actually understand that. That this is nothing more than Russia, Venezuela, etc. We're always going yeah. to continue to vote in our our jailers, the Democrats and the Republicans, as long as they're in power. It doesn't matter who comes along. Well, unless Trump comes along, it doesn't matter who comes along, and unless they're willing to shake things up, we still have nothing more than a third world country with nice skyscrapers. Yeah, you know, I was really careful in making it clear to Mr. Talk earlier that the Republicans and the Democrats bear uh, bear the responsibility for this illegal immigration. Yeah, I just put a bit more of the onus on the Democrats, but believe me, the Republicans are as uh, are the, bear complete Absolutely. responsibility for their share of it too. Absolutely. And 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 and, 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 and look, it took an outsider like Trump to bring this issue to a head. Without it, do you think without his election, it wouldn't even oh be, be being discussed right now? Hillary right. Clinton would let it slide under the radar mm-hmm. without a word. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's nothing more than Sputnik and drag. That's all she yeah. is. Yeah. So, yeah, so let's I mean, talk yeah, about, okay, we can decry, right. you know, and you quite correctly point out that there's a great deal of theater to all of this. But there's substance, too. And with Donald Trump and this issue, he believes in this passionately. I do believe that. I do believe I that he believes it I is don't. harmful to this nation and its people, and even the people I, attempting to get over the border themselves. I, Look what's I going on with the I, sex trafficking. The rape of women is phenomenal. It's almost comparable to what the Red Army did to German women when they invaded Berlin. It is that bad. And what's going on with all this, uh, oh, man, and to say nothing, almost every illegal alien here commits identity fraud. I guess maybe they got inspired oh, yeah. by that guy who inhabited the White House. They all got phony birthdays. They got phony social security numbers, social security cards. They got more fake documents you can take a stick at. I know because I used to make many arrests for it. I know this. I used to lock up illegal aliens constantly for forged driver's licenses, forged identity documents. I'd go down to Secretary of State, they'd be holding somebody, and I'd arrest them for forged documents. That was back in the 90s, man. It's gotten far worse since then. Mm -hmm. 
certain kind of crimes that arise out of illegal immigration. Homicides, robberies, rapes, murders. Do you really think that only the best people to come from these Central American companies are coming over here? No, they're like any other group of people. They got good people, they got bad people. A lot of them are bad people. We don't need to have one of them in this country. Not one. <laughs> okay. Oh, Lord, have mercy. All right, so, you know, <laughs> me and Joe, like I said, me and Joe, me and Joe had this discussion before, too, where we have said, mm-hmm. yes, we'd be naive to think that only good people are coming across the board, mm-hmm. whether it's legal or illegal. You know, that that would be stupid, all right? Well, I'm not going to say, but that would be a bright thought process. Now, however, <laughs> sorry, I can't, I can't agree with you. Say most of them commit identity fraud. Maybe a lot of them. Well, they have to. No, they have to, Eric. Otherwise, you know, they, right. they would. Well, I understand it. Okay, let, let, let me give you a perfect example of the kind of straw man argument that I'd like to throw out there. Here's a straw Here's a straw man argument. Well, what do you mean they, they're criminals? Well, what about our own criminals? We got Americans here. They commit more murder, more rape, more robbery. Well, even if that is true, and by absolute numbers, I would imagine it is. After all, most of the people in the country are American citizens. So I imagine it's true. Yeah, we got more Americans that commit these kind of crimes. Here's a singular distinction. We, no matter what crime an American citizen commits, you can't deport him. No matter what he does, treason, you can't deport him. Murder, you can't deport him. Rape, you can't deport him. You can't deport an American citizen from his own country, no matter what crime he commits. You can execute him in some states occasionally, but you can't deport them. Illegal aliens, we don't have to put up with one of them once they do their time. When they do their time, we can kick them the hell out of the country. And we should. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. I think we all know how all of us feel about the illegal aliens in there right now, okay? The immigrants. I ain't gonna call them aliens. Uh, I no, they are. Aliens. They're illegal aliens. That's what he says in the law. But anyway, that's the legal term. Check this out. Check Mm -hmm. this out. Okay, let's talk about this this decision to pull troops out of Syria and just leave Russia there to basically run things. What do you think about that? (laughs) I think it's I think it's a great idea. You're here. Think it is. That was pulling him out of Afghanistan. We've been in Afghanistan over there for the trillion dollars worth of minimal rights since 2003 okay we're not over there to in, to export democracy we're over there to take control of shipping routes and the minimal rights and mm-hmm. in afghanistan and let's poppies. not forget the, yeah. the the poppies were down to almost let's say only 10 percent and then when we got over there we actually assigned the military to guard the poppy fields and it's back up to about 90% probably even more production now controlled by the CIA so yeah mm-hmm. let's pull everybody out pull everybody out everybody so, mm-hmm. if you quote unquote the enemy ISIS or whatever would you just wait for the, the pull the, the um, withdrawal and then start all over again well Which ISIS already another issue ISIS already confirmed by Mattis. Well, ISIS confirmed by Mattis is already 99% defeated. So there's only 1% left of ISIS. And how did ISIS thrive without an air force and a navy to begin with? They were supplied by (laughs) us. So, um, you know, look, when we leave, 
That doesn't mean that the world is going to sing kumbaya. They're going to go back to having conflicts for the same reasons that they've had conflicts for the last few centuries. It is not our particular business to take care of regional conflicts. Our boys, not our girls, I'm not PC. Me, you know, it's safer to be in the Army if you're a woman than it is to cross the street, probably. I know it's safer to have been in the Army during the Vietnam era than it was, to, than it was to cross the street. <laughs> so, um, so get our boys back, okay? They've suffered mm-hmm. enough. They're suffer- they have suffered right. enough. I so just it, bring man. them all here, here. Exactly. Yeah. Look, look, let, let me sum this up pretty quickly here. What's going on here is the winners, or if you want, survivors of the war involving Assad, the Kurds, the Iranian-backed elements. They're all making deals with each other and or fighting with each other over what to do next on their own without the United States. ISIS was largely, I'd say, if I was going to give it a percentage, 80% defeated before the beginning of the year. Trump wanted to get out back in April. But he doesn't want to stick around for nation-building in a six-way fight between different elements there in that country. He'd rather leave it to the Turks. So I understand why he wants to get out, and I'm all for it. Get the hell out. As a matter of fact, the Turks want him out. He was on the phone with Erdogan the other day, and Erdogan asked him, why are you still here when ISIS is 99% gone? And that's when he turned around and talked to Bolton. And that's when Mattis de- decided, as the um, uh, Secretary of Defense, to say hasta la vista, because he probably got caught with his hand in the cookie jar. I was about to get caught with his hand in the cookie jar. I wanted to, and wanted to make a nice little exit and to, uh, you know, go on the Sunday talk shows. Yes, get our butts out of playing M- um, United States Empire, nation building. That's all we were doing. Yep. I, I'm telling you, man. Look, it's like this here. Obama, look. Obama, remember when Obama gave the green light to move Assad from power? He didn't want to remove ISIS. He just wanted to get rid of Assad. Mm-hmm. Now, Biden admitted this back in October of 2014. ISIS was not there in strength until the United States started backing the rebels. ISIS almost took over by the end of 2016. Then Assad's forces began to get territory back, and by the end of 2017, ISIS is all but gone. Now, I, I look, I'm not saying Obama created ISIS. He didn't. That was an al-Qaeda offshoot that began on its own. Obama's policies enabled the growth of ISIS, as well as radical Islam throughout the whole Middle East. And with the fact that we sent in 2,000 special forces didn't change the overall effect of these policies. So... During the 2016 campaign, getting rid of ISIS became the buzzword for being involved in Syria. But Trump made it clear he just wanted to beat the hell out of ISIS and then get the hell out. So I think Mattis and the Pentagon were trying to play chess with Middle East politics, just like the big new Brzezinski. And that's been a bad idea since before history was recorded. Like everybody else, people in the Middle East are going to act in their own interest, no matter what outsiders think about it. The major players, the Syrians, the Kurds, the Iranian-backed Shia, they're going to make a deal on their own. Madison Joint Chiefs knew about it, too. And during Obama's time in office, the U.S. was Europe's mercenaries. You're damn right we was. Now, if Europeans want to fight in the Middle East and Africa, they can send their own soldiers in favor of themselves. 
Yeah. I mean, you look at Europe's demand for United States leadership in fighting terrorism and pursuing their national interests in the name of internationalism. There's a whole bunch of good reasons <laughs> why Trump is telling Europe to increase the defense spending and shove the rest of that stuff sideways up they speak the muscle. Right. Hey, you know, Mattis may end up regretting the tone of his legislation, uh, re- legisla- resignation letter. I mean, hell, Trump was saying he wanted to get out back in April, like he was saying during the campaign. We could have got out in May or June and nothing substantial would have changed. Please, give me a break. So, do you believe that once they leave, it's going to be a complete withdrawal? No, no nothing over there. Well, I certainly the hope so. I don't think so. Because if you think about it, well, it's you know, not going to be like the Obama, the Obama era, where he said he was going to uh, get us, get us out of Iraq, except for some remnants there. But then again, we kept troops there in order to make sure that the puppet government that we set up was still going to be a puppet government. I like this. Look, I tell you, Donald Trump may be a flawed human being. And he is, he is. But I tell you something, man. I never would have thought you'd have ever caught me saying these words, Mr. Talk. I never would have thought I'd ever, because I thought he was a buffoon and a clown and an imbecile who wouldn't know the Constitution or fell out of Trump Tower and hit him on his head. <laughs> That's what I thought about Donald Trump. But now, I love this guy. I love this guy. Look, I'm I never friend. thought I'd be saying anything <laughs> like this. Oh, and you know, you, yeah, and you know me, you know me, Eric. I said before uh, the election, I said I I wouldn't vote for Trump because I I was afraid of his finger on the red button. I didn't like his temperament, and I didn't vote for him. But I too am now a Trump supporter. I'm telling you, man, I well, never would have thought he'd have won me over. I mean, one thing that won me over <laughs> more than anything else. Whatever you want to say about the guy, and I'm gonna concede, he is a flawed human being. He is. But you know what? He's got guts and he oh, fights. Oh, God, he's got guts. fights. And I do believe, oh. he does believe, that he's doing what's in the interest of this country and its people, not internationalists and globalists. Absolutely. He is one person, unless he's the perfect Trojan horse, which is something I'm, a, um, I'm always leery of, because this guy seems a little bit too good to be true. <laughs> you know, he fights, and he fights, and he's been I, I, it's in... It's amazing, Joe. I swear, I never would have thought Trump would be the vehicle that I would pick to maybe, maybe save the republic. Never! Not in a million years. Neither would I. The guy... Okay, go ahead, Joe. No, neither would I. The guy absolutely had... Has an ego that is that's bigger than Jupiter, but the man needs his ego in order for him to get what he wants. Luckily for us, unless he's the Trojan horse, the Manchurian candidate, he is the man who is America first and foremost and always. And I am, I was, and I and I and I, and I thought he was tested um, back when he fired the tomahawks at uh, in Syria. And I thought, oh God, I hope he doesn't follow up with some sort of. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah, no, saber, saber rattling and everything, and then, you know. I didn't like that either. Yeah. And I'm going, this man just might be for real. And he turns out, like, without any type of support from his party, his supposed party, and from the Democrats, he's gotten his particular campaign promises, except for the war, for the most part, passed. 
You have, going, have you ever seen a president who can go right down the checklist and see where he has kept so many of his campaign yeah. promises? I've never seen it, like never. I've been following presidential politics for over 40 years, and I have never seen a president who no, has that's kept that's his campaign promises with the with the fidelity that Donald yeah. Trump has. Never. Yeah. Plus, okay, in the so face of all the years. Look, Eric, let me. Uh, would you, would I, would anybody still stand up for the people uh, that we championed if the people that we're championing, if they're going to always insult us, always, on a daily basis? Have you ever seen the compilation of insults and the kind of disparaging remarks and the doubts that they had about Trump prior to the election, after the election? And the kind of magazine uh, covers and the kind of newspaper covers that they've had about him, and he's still there for <laughs> yeah, America. Yeah, look at what they said about his beautiful wife, for God's sake. Have you ever seen anything like that? No. Uh, well. It's uh, unbelievable. I mean, it this is. woman, if she was a liberal Democrat, the fact that she was a fashion model and carries herself oh, with such poise and grace would be on every magazine <laughs> cover you can imagine. But they haven't put that woman on I'm one not, fashion uh, cover yet. She's the epitome of fashion and grace. They hate Trump. That's what it's about. They hate him. Yep, and they fear him. Huh? He knows where the, well, I don't know if he knows where all the bodies are buried, but he doesn't care. Well, this man is a yeah. master showman and a master negotiator, and I say, and leave him, a, well, leave him alone, let him do his thing. Hmm? What are? I, said, I don't know about the negotiating thing, but he is a master showman. Oh, That's yeah. for sure. And he's a master negotiator. He's literally a one-of-a-kind elemental force. This man is literally like a political force of nature. I've never seen his like before. There may never be another one quite like him again. He is the most improbable president ever. Just well, sweet you can guarantee they ain't gonna, they're not gonna let another one come in like that. No. That oh, they will. Oh, you. They'll put up a wall against that type of president. You better believe it before they put up a wall against <laughs> the illegal. My God, man! They're probably trying to figure out a way to constitutionally ever prevent the arrival of another Trump. They didn't have any problem with that non-natural born citizen or Obama. That's right there in the Constitution. He wasn't supposed to be allowed to take the oath of office. But Donald Trump. Oh, they gotta stop him at all costs. You know what? I'm 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 gonna get a, a sound saying that anytime somebody bring up Obama, they want to go Obama. Because boy, I tell you, his name come up in a lot well, I of stuff. I wish they'd put up the kind of resistance to Obama they're putting up the Trump. You know, well, it was from the Republican side. No, it wasn't. Again, it wasn't even close. I wish it had been. Once again, once again, it's all political. Uh, play and what have you. So at the end of the day, all of them go down to the bottom of the, the, the what's called and have a drink and laugh about it and plan the next little thing. Well, that's what Jerry we'll Ventura said. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll be talking about this again. Uh, you know, as, as I like to say, I, I'm not on one side or the other. I try and keep it fair. I agree with some of the things Trump has done. I, I, I will. I agree mm-hmm. with that. I don't agree with some. Just like with Obama and Bush, I agree with some yeah, of the man, things. What about I don't the first step back, man, and the economic uh, development that, package you just signed? <clears throat> Come on, the, man. The what? All the people up there talking about down to, oh, why don't somebody do something on the federal level to cut some of these crimes and these sentences and give these people a second chance? Donald Trump does it. Don't get no credit. Cricket. 
You ain't not creeping. Well, I talked women. Hold on, women. Women, sorry. Women. I talked about that three weeks. I talked about that three weeks ago. Well, you, you kind of an exception to the rule. <laughs> yeah, because I was talking about the three strikes rule where they changed it from life to 25. Yeah, I talked about that. Well, no, if he had been a Democrat president, you'd see Jay-Z, no, Beyonce, Joe, and all these other Joe, clowns. They'd have been up there in the White House we'll clamoring to get in. They'd been like illegal aliens busting down the fence. <laughs> but no, man, they don't want to give Trump no credit for nothing. To say nothing of the $800 billion stimulus package he put together, which, by the way, most of which doesn't involve federal money, which means more likely than not, it will be spent efficiently to actually economically stimulate the areas that is being begun. Because oh, it's private money, that. and I'm they ain't going to want to waste area? their money. I'm glad you said okay, that, because I wasn't aware of that. Uh. What area? Well, it is. That whole thing is mainly incentives like with um, capital gains, taxes, and others to it? give incentives oh, okay. to private entities to invest in certain economically depressed areas. Okay, Most right. of which, or many of which, are predominantly black. Wow. Because I thought it was just another oh, one. Don't want to give Trump no credit for that? Oh, no, we cannot do that. No, we can't. Don't you dare think of giving him no credit for that. <laughs> yeah. I have to check that out. Uh, I don't, uh, oh, I, I did. Believe me, I was amazed at what some of the things I saw. Really. I was really amazed mm-hmm. by it. This man oh, is a good is, man. He's flawed. Uh, yeah. I'm not going to uh, deny it. Wait a minute. Or is that I, he has not got the kind of temperament I'd like to see in a president that I ideal. Well, now I, I do. think is ideal now in a president. I I like that. But he's a good man, and I think he's a fine chief executive. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm not going to go that far. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. That's why well. just consider it. I like you his know, temperament. I, I, He's the kind we need you know, a fighter. I look at I look at some of the things he do, and, and like I said, you know, I, I judge on what he does when he does it. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, I agree with some, and I don't agree with others. I'm, hey, that's the way I am. I, I like to look at what the person does. Um, when he first got elected, I don't. He have no choice but to see, you know, what he's going to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some of the things he talks. You need to go back and look at Donald Trump and some of these interviews on these late night TV shows from like 30 years ago. He was saying back then what he's saying now. That man has been practicing for this job for more than 30 years. Mm -hmm. I believe me, yeah. He didn't just come to this Johnny Gun lately. He was in planning this, if only half heartedly. Go back and listen yep. to him from 30 yep. years ago talking yep. about Red There's China and its unfair tariff and, and, exa- and, North, and North Korea, Korea. and all this other stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's been thinking about this for a long time. He ain't no need oh, yeah. fight. Yeah. Well, you know what? And, and the interesting thing, Joe has been saying this for ever since I've known him on the show that we need a businessman to run the corporation. Have you been saying that, Joe? Uh, no, I don't. I don't recall saying it like that. No, <laughs> no, I don't. Well, I don't recall well, saying it like that. I think that. it's inevitable that more you likely than not, did, a businessman or a general is going to run a corporation. I like you didn't call it a corporation. Uh, well, you know, I, but you said to run the country. No, no, we need a citizen patriot to run the country. That's what we need. That's what Donald Trump is. If people want to focus on the fact that he's a businessman, like that's supposed to disqualify.
qualify him or something. He's a citizen. He was qualified under the Constitution. He's more than 35 years old. He's 14 years resident as a citizen in one or more of the states, and he's a natural-born citizen. That's all the Constitution requires. That's it. Joe, well, Donald Trump more than meets that requirement. Man, Joe gonna run for office. Nah, I should actually, but I, I'm telling you, I would I would not be as good as Trump because I would really want complete dictatorship because I would just want to give us a deep state, not in two years, but in two days. In two days, I want them gone. Nah, so I wouldn't. I would make a good. I would. I would be so impatient as a president. And I would, Do you think we would know anything whatsoever about those FISA warrants and the fraudulent methods used to obtain them? About Hillary Clinton's paying a foreign agent oh using God. foreign contacts in Moscow to come up with an utterly uncorroborated document submitted to a court under oath, under testimony that it had been verified and corroborated to obtain surveillance on American citizens and an American presidential election. Mm. Do you think we would know anything about it if Hillary Clinton if Hillary had been elected? There? Hell uh, no. Hell. No, I mean, because, all this other stuff that's coming out, Peter Strzok, Lisa Page, that's right. uh, and uh, uh, Andrew McCabe, that's James right. Comey, mm-hmm. Reitzman, Rosenstein, all of this, none of it would have come out. That's it. It took Donald Trump to expose this utter corruption in the highest levels of the federal government, and not just speculate, not just conspiracy theory, but factually. And he didn't interfere. He did not stick his hands and nose in so that people can say, what are you doing, Mr. President? He let Mueller, because that's the way I pronounce his name, he let Mueller do his thing. Okay? Yeah, I know. He let him do his thing. I, and the man, the man, look, and the, the man did not have an attorney think, general for the most critical aspect of his administration for most of it. Because the man recused himself the day after he was confirmed. I don't disagree with that. Totally. So for, the, for most of his administration, he had not had an attorney thought. general to deal with it. Mm-hmm. He yeah, had Rosenstein, who was conflicted and compromised. He's a witness. Yeah, well, so was so was um, so was Sessions. Sessions excused himself yeah. because of the of the potential right conflict right. of interest there. So I don't completely right. disagree with Sessions. Um, I don't disagree with Trump's feelings about Sessions. But then again, we have to remember, most of Trump's appointments, they were, in my subjective opinion, they were probably paybacks for helping him, for helping support him. Uh, yeah, but, but at the same time, he, he put in the Goldman Sachs. But, but, but look, the thing of, of it is, though, is the main thing, it took Trump to bring all this out. Oh, that's out. true. No, nobody else would have brought all this out to light. Nobody. It took Trump so we can not see it. They don't want to do anything about it. It's on Wait a minute, Sarge. Wait a minute, Sarge. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I know you, 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 how on Trump, President Trump, or what have you. But let's be honest. The sheeple will still sheeple because no matter what was brought out, whether he did it or you, you did enough research to find it yourself, they still don't care. They really well, don't. Well, we don't care enough. Well, well it doesn't take. Uh, look. The American Revolution was fought with, what, 20% of Americans involved in it? We don't need everybody to be involved in this. We need the people who matter. 
When when they talk about Donald Trump being involved in obstruction of justice and all that, well, what about Barack when he got up there and said publicly in a speech, dog whistling to every member in the federal government, that he didn't think Hillary Clinton intentionally intended to mishandle classified information, even though not a syllable in the law says anything about intent. It's only that you mishandle it. Yeah, well, they that put was, Paul that was Sailor, Christian in jail mm. in Fort Leavenworth in the slammer because he took a picture on his cell phone of the station, oh, the an obsolescent yeah. nuclear yeah. submarine yeah. that he didn't put on the Internet that was only discovered when he left the phone laying around. And the chief petty officer looked at what was on the phone, saw the picture there, and reported him for it. And they put him in jail for mishandling classified information, and he had no intent to do so. Hillary Clinton, not only did she mishandle classified information, she obstructed justice. And Obama did, too. Now, if you're going to accuse Donald Trump of obstructing justice because in a private conversation, he tells James Comey he hopes that the matter with General Flynn can be resolved well. Then when Barack Obama gets up there on public TV in a national address and tells people he doesn't believe Hillary Clinton had any intent to mishandle classified information, even though the law specifically says that isn't an element of the offense, intent isn't in there. Only the fact that you do. And and to dovetail from what you're talking about. Uh, also, Sarge, the fact she cannot deny, she can deny whether or not the little C's on her emails, whether or not she recognized them as being confidential or not. But the fact is, she had all the information on a server in her house. No, not only that, we know law. that Barack Obama was communicating with her over that private email server, and by definition, look up the law on classified material. Any communiques with the President of the United States are automatically classified. And he's communicating with her over it, so he knows. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. again, the bottom line, the corrupt government. But the American people, yes, they all know the government is corrupt. But they all think it's just backwater and back, uh, backdoor deals. But they don't realize that almost everyone in Congress Regardless, even before they get there, but once they do get there and they walk the corridors of power, they are potential who have become actual Judases. And until they realize yep. that, they will still vote in their jailers. Well, well that's true. That is true. And that's why the election of Donald John Trump was so important. We can see it in blade bare and naked. We don't have to run around talking about conspiracies no more. We've got actual evidence of them now. They're right there staring us in the face, and there's no doubt Operation Crossfire Hurricane, for God's sake. They gave it a name. Oh, yeah. yeah. They're only two against the President of the United States. They gave it an operational name. The only thing that's, the only thing that's being um, awaited, the only thing that's being awaited on now is who the patsy is going to be, because... We yeah. have we have the con we have the Republicans investigating the Democrats. We have the Democrats investigating the Republicans, and just like in a as right. Jesse Ventura said about the uh, WWE matches, yes, they can fight each other until it's time for a commercial break, and, they can, and then afterwards they can all have a beer. But they have to right. have a patsy because otherwise, somebody's going to really 
find out where the bodies are buried and leak them to uh, to an honest to an honest journalist, and then the American people, unfortunately, once they find out, probably still will do nothing. But that's the well, way. Well, you know, I, I I I would simply defy you to point me to anything that is comparable to what's going on against Donald Trump. Anything. I mean, they they came you up. Know, they keep changing look. the focus every time their investigation comes to a dead end. It was yeah. Russia, 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 collusion, collusion. And by the way, collusion isn't even it's a crime. It's not a crime. <laughs> collusion is only a crime with antitrust law. Mm. You are free to have any discussion you want with a with a foreign national about an election, as long as you don't pay them. Especially or if you're in the transition act. Yep. If you want them to give you dirt on your political opponent, it is perfectly legal. Yeah, well. You just can't pay them. Uh, that's hard. You know, well, I, um, the thing is, you, is that you we know what? Uh, yeah. You, you know, we we can talk about this, talk about it, and in the, in the end, like I, like we all say, they all mm-hmm. end up doing the same thing. Yeah. But me and Joseph, you know, did say that once Trump was oh, elected, yeah. it'd be dangerous because he did what we say, Joe. He knew where all the bodies, because he hung out with all of them. And well, he also yeah, they also begged him for campaigns. All of his run by Democrats yeah. and liberals. Hey, hey, yeah. He yeah. had to get along yeah. with them in order to get along and do his business. He yeah. knows what they you do. Know, as, you know, as 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 you said, uh, I'm sorry, if you go back and look at his his interviews with Oprah, Donahue, all them, what they say, if I run, I run as a Republican because they believe anything I say. And basically that's what he did. About China and tariffs, he said what he said yeah, about North said, Korea oh, well, North and what North, North Korea was well, doing. He saw it just like the, the Donald Trump of today. I'm talking about the sheeple right now, Sarge. I'm talking about the sheeple. But we know you can go on and on and on. I'm talking about the sheeple right now. That's what we're well, talking about. Look, I'm glad so, he picked the Republican Party, okay? That's what I'm glad he did. Well, I'm glad yeah. he tried to run uh, the he, I mean, he wised up because because as the showman, he knew that he had to become the Republican in order to get elected. He tried as yeah. um, as a member of the Reform Party, the Buchanan yep, Party. That's right, Joe. But yeah, yeah. Think for a what what platform that he's now, what part of his agenda that he's now trying to enact would the 2018 Democrats have gone along with him on, except maybe prison reform and maybe a couple other things? Nothing. Why would he want to run as a Democrat? They oppose everything the man says he believes now. Everything. Well, I, they you know elected what? Ocasio-Cortez. No. Oh, and this is the woman believes in Che Guevara. She believes in Che Guevara. Calm down, Sarge. Calm, calm down. I'm sorry. I mean, I it's just the Democrat Party look, has become yeah. radical. Truly, Sarge. It's Sarge. insane. Oh, thank you. Sarge, because I, I truly believe if you were ran as a Democrat and got elected, it'd be the same way on the other side. I, I, I don't believe Donald that. Trump could not run as a. They, they think Hillary Clinton is a sellout. But, sorry, Barack you're Obama missing, is too point. moderate you're missing for their taste now. You're missing my point. You're missing my point. Okay. And the only reason why Hillary did get get elected is because she screwed up so bad in Benghazi. The, the, the handlers was like, "No, we can't have you up in there right now because it ain't gonna work." <laughs> <laughs> no, Hillary Clinton didn't elect because she's a nincompoop. She literally oh, is a well, nincompoop. Okay. All right. She lives All in right. an echo well, chamber, see, and like she didn't realize you know, like she better said, start going to the states that she said all the deplorables Sorry. lived in. Sorry, there's more. There's, 
There's more to it than just that, but okay. We, we oh, yeah, right there for right. But the main reason is she's an arrogant, <laughs> elitist nincompoop. That I agree with. When you said she was an arrogant, elitist yeah. nincompoop, a dullard living in an echo chamber of other liberals. Well, I agree okay. with 98. The nincompoop, no, she made mistakes. But the nincompoop, she and her husband are the savviest politicians um, out there. <laughs> <laughs> well, then why didn't they go to Wisconsin and Ohio and campaign more? Well, why did they spend so much time in all the liberal bastions they already had locked up? Yes, right. They thought they had, and they thought well, those they, they, they didn't want to go. They didn't want to soil themselves talking to those knuckle-dragging uh, deplorable. Uh, that's, that's why. True. That's why I say they're arrogant, elitist nincompoops. That's right. And well, don't forget. Also, mm-hmm. also, what happened was they they kind of what she counted on was she thought she was going to get the support, the Obama supporters, all of the Obama supporters, and that didn't happen either. Hey, man, do you not remember that it was conclusively revealed by the hacks, the so-called Russian hacks, which weren't Russian hacks, they were insider leaks, by the insider leaks that showed she stole the election from Bernie Sanders. Yeah. I was about to say it was confirmed by Donna Brazil's book, yeah. to the moon, but what do they do? 
They keep saying, well, they, they on the other side, are delaying giving us the documents. I, I was very disappointed by Gowdy. Oh, yeah. I'm going with the Freedom oh, Caucus, Matt yeah. Gates, uh, Meadows, Jordan, and the others who've done yeoman work. Uh, 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 Devin Nunez, the people who wrote the memo that got the investigation, they've done yeoman work in exposing this factually without being loud or showy or fanfare. They've just been doggedly investigating, and what they have should be more than enough to convene multiple grand juries to get people but, indicted on all true. kinds of crimes. But they general. haven't because they're still looking for the But we don't have passage. an attorney general worthy of the name yet. Yeah, well, I still think that we're all we're in is just another uh, another episode of House of Cards. They're still trying to find yeah, the path. Because you can't get an indictment without a grand jury, mm-hmm. not a federal indictment. You can't get a federal indictment, and you got no grand. You got no attorney general giving orders to convene the investigation and prepare the groundwork for a federal grand jury. Nothing gets done, and the evidence is a mountain of it. There should be at least. I'm thinking right off the top of my head, 25 people ought to be under indictment right now. Well, certainly most of them from the Department of Justice. And don't forget, there supposedly is a legion of FBI of the rank and file who want to testify against Rosenstein and the other guy that's um, and Mueller and somebody else. I forget it's part well, of Well, we got McCabe. He, is, he has been. McCabe's been investigated. That's one at least. Nobody up there has been indicted yet. Well, no, they still have to yeah, find well, the I mean, I mean you remember, James Comey admitted under oath in Congress that he leaked information to uh, uh, his college professor buddy and journalist because he was concerned about Trump. He admitted he violated the law under oath. Mm-hmm. And everybody in Congress yep. on both sides of the aisle know what's going on, but they still have to find the patsy. Because yeah, otherwise... Anybody who said, I don't recall that many times, who's a former yeah. <laughs> head of the FBI, would be automatically indicted. They say, oh, you got to be lying. Mm-hmm. You, we know you knew more. some of these questions you asked. You don't recall. Mm. I don't know. <laughs> 245 times? Mm. What kind of FBI director were you? <laughs> well, all right, y'all. I need to get up out of here. So, now, come on, man. You got to admit it was fun. Though. Come on, admit it. <laughs> of course, it was fun. I never said it wasn't fun. <laughs> and we didn't get personal. We didn't call each other names and nothing. We just stuck to the issue. Hey, that's the way it's supposed to be, baby. That's right. That's right. So, give me some last words, Sarge, before you get out of here. Well, uh, look, I tell you what. Here's what I'm grateful for. One thing about Donald Trump, whether you love him or hate him, it ain't going to be boring. As the Chinese say, may you live in interesting times, and these are as interesting a times as I've ever seen in the last 40-something years. Mm-hmm. It ain't going to be boring, and the best is yet to come if you like stimulation. Because next year when the Democrats take over the House, Katie bars oh, a bloody God. door. Yeah, that's what uh, oh, <laughs> interesting uh, times. Oh, right. you, yeah. you are definitely right about that. Mm. Yep. All right. Thank you, Sarge. And once again, nice hearing from you, man. Hey, mm-hmm. hey good talk to you too, Mr. Talk. <laughs> I did enjoy the conversation, right. whether we agreed or not. <laughs> hey, you don't have to agree. As long as it's a conversation, though, that's all it takes sometimes. That's mm-hmm. all it takes, brother, and that's what makes it all good. <laughs> there you go. All right, Sarge, have a cool one, man. <laughs> you Merry too. Christmas. All right, Joe. You too, Joe. Enjoy yourself, and I'm you also too. glad to hear from you as well. 
<laughs> All right. All right, come on, Joe. Give me something good. <laughs> well, well, you know me. I'm always a man of uh, very few words at this particular juncture. I'd just like to say Merry Christmas to you and your family. And again, I'd like to repeat Merry Christmas to Sarge and his family. And hope everybody has a great Christmas. And be safe. And that's all. <laughs> all righty then. <laughs> and yeah, I'm going to try to be here Friday, Joe. I'm going to try to be here uh-huh. Friday. Uh huh. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I know uh, I'm saying. No, no. Boy, yeah. I tell you, well, crazy. you know, I always <laughs> I wish there'd be about that, but, you know, I understand. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but, all right. Have a good one, Joe. Responsibilities sure and obligations. There's something else. Mm. Yeah. I know. It's driving me crazy. Yeah. yeah. But, enjoy your time in the snow, man, and talk to you later. Okay. <laughs> all right. All right, y'all, what another outstanding show. It was good to hear from Sarge. As you can see, once Sarge gets started, though, it's hard to get two or three words in. But you know what? One thing you say about Sarge, he has facts. You may not agree with him, but he has them. <laughs> oh, Lord, have mercy. All right, so, great day. Uh, it's December 24th, and everybody's going to be doing whatever you're going to be doing. Just be safe doing it. Enjoy your family. Uh, make sure you show a lot of love and just have fun. A lot of y'all don't like having fun, but just have fun, all right? So, with that being said, uh, we'll see you back here next time. Just remember, keep smiling, show appreciation, forget with open heart, but make sure you forgive yourself. And the biggest, best thing, learn to laugh at yourself. You can laugh at yourself, everything else is just great, all right? So, until next time, man, 2 p.m. 33 Eastern. This has been Let's Talk on Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host, Mr. Talkley. See ya. Enjoy your week. We out of here. Take you out here with some Donnie Hathaway this Christmas. See y'all, man. Bye.
Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.